everybody. It's Van Daniel here. Today on the show, I'm going to talk about the root of all evil. That's right, money. Also, we're going to cover, is paying NFL quarterbacks big contracts a good thing for your team? I'm going to give you my take on the $15 minimum wage debate. We're going to talk about, uh, is making teams, your team's quarterback, the highest paid quarterback, worth it? Uh, introduce my guest, uh, Rob. Uh, his expertise is going to come in today where he's been in business his entire life. His family has been uh, owners and operators of small businesses since we were, were children, multi-million dollar businesses. He's been a business owner uh, himself and he is an entrepreneur and now he runs a small business um, to uh, as of right now. So uh, who better to talk to about money than you, right? Well, I'm not sure if I'm the the final arbiter on uh, <clears throat> advice for for money or finance or business, but I do have some experience. You have the experience, man. You got a lot more than I do, and I'm sure a lot more than our listeners do. So uh, I'm excited. But uh, the first topic we're going to talk about today is um, the really the Dak Prescott issue right now going on in the NFL um, is paying your quarterback a ton of money. Uh, good for your franchise. Really, that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, he, Dak's the kind of guy who puts butts in seats. True. So true. so they don't mind. Jerry Jones doesn't mind shelling out the dough to pay a Dak because uh, he goes out and does the hip thing, and it's recorded and thrown online, and it's all kinds of attention with big Dallas Cowboy stars in the center of the field. So yes, he's good for the franchise. But is he good for the win total for the franchise? Probably not. Well, and that's it. I mean, I, I think Dak is a great story, right? Almost came out of college. I don't. You don't? Yeah, fourth-round draft pick I mean, as a no. starter? He was, yeah, but he was – well, I mean, I guess that's a story. As a as a college quarterback, he was mediocre. Oh, absolutely. 100% mediocre. That's I mean, why, that's why so he I guess, You know, I, I guess if that makes him a good story, it makes him a good story. But, I mean – I, he's just one of those guys that came out in late rounds and, and panned out as far as I'm concerned behind a really good line. The best, um, one of the best lines. You know, I think if you take him to Miami, it's just another guy that uh, gets traded to Buffalo and then gets traded back to Miami. Oh, 100%. I, I think the, the, the points on Dak is he's got a great offensive line. He's got one of the best running backs in the league behind him. And he's got Amari Cooper. Now, now the problem sure. and, and they and I would say that they uh they underproduce this year. A bit of a disappointment. Oh yeah. Yeah, way way underproduced and Jason Garrett got to fall on the sword for that, and I'm not sure that that was all Jason Garrett's fault by any stretch of anyone's imagination. Oh, absolutely not. I um, mean it's one of those things where he, Jason Garrett does take some of the blame. However, he well, can't sure. play the game. No, and and I mean, really, Zeke Elliott, uh, I, to me, kind of really was the the biggest disappointment in that group this year. Well, oh, absolutely, he got paid and he got lazy. That's my take on it. Right? Yeah, he lays out a lays out a camp until he gets an extension. He gets a big money extension, and really, especially for the money they agreed to pay him, to me, drastically fell off. 
Oh, absolutely. From the year before. He was the number two running back in the league last year. This year, I don't even know where he's at. I mean, he's, he's not even on the map as far as I'm concerned. Right, uh, right. But at the same time, I mean, paying – so you already paid Zeke. You're not right. – and they're talking about Dak wants 35 to $40 million. He's just not worth Which it. Which is insanity. Well, that's Pure where the, insanity. That's where the market's going, but you got to go – like Patrick Mahomes is going to get that. Right. He's going to a Super Bowl. Right. He was in the uh, AFC Championship game last year. You know, mm-hmm. He's breaking records. Like, this guy is a transitional player. Dak's just not that guy. No. Dak's a Tony Well, and, and to go back to, to stories, you know, like Dak's story or whatever, uh, Mahomes' story really is very similar to Dak's. Um, you know, not, not a a marquee college quarterback no. um, drafted late rounds, but just became just, he, he was the diamond in the rough. Right. Absolutely. And he came out and Mahomes is ridiculous. Well, yeah. And he's doing it behind less of a line than what Dak has in Dallas. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now his weapon, he has more weapons at wide receiver uh, than I agree. Dallas. However, he doesn't have a running yeah. game. His, he doesn't have Zeke Elliott. Yeah, his his O line is average at best, and his defense is just trash. Now they're better this year than they were last year, right. but in my opinion, I mean, still middle of the pack defense. So he he is right an amazing player, probably the be- most talented quarterback in the NFL uh, today. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I don't think there's any question in that. I, sh- I mean, well, I mean, the argument always is Other than maybe Lamar Jackson. I would say Lamar is always out there, but uh, that's another that's another issue as far as I'm concerned. I have a- it's, the, it's they're both the evolution of uh, of the the college game to the NFL game and uh, the Russell Wilson. Yeah, true. And the Mike Vick. They're the evolution. They're the next step. Yeah. I mean, they are. I mean, it, with the, the only thing I would give Patrick Mahomes is he, he doesn't run as well as Lamar, but he is much more accurate with the football and has a bigger arm. I believe that. Uh, I mean, I think Lamar can be really good with the ball. Yeah. Did you see the video the other day of him throwing the 50-yarder off the crossbar at the Pro Bowl? I did not. He just, just standing in the crowd, real casual. Somebody throws him a ball, he pumps it a couple times, and drops one from 50 yards on the crossbar of the field goal post uh, from from 50 on the dot. Wow. That's a legit throw. That is. Um, However, I did, I did watch his – He can't like, make that throw at game speed like Patrick Mahomes can. I was going to say, I did watch him compete in the accuracy competition where he hit zero targets. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's – uh. But that doesn't surprise me. Zero. Zero moving, zero stationary. I mean, I always said that when he was in college, he, he never looked like he was throwing the ball. No. But he could wing the ball 40, 45, 50 yards down the field uh, with very little effort. But at the same time, a lot of those were out in front or behind yeah. runners or overthrows or underthrows. Just not super accurate with the ball. No, not at all. And, and, and really, that's what it comes back to. I mean – so really coming back to the, the paying the quarterback, Dak wants 35, 40 million. Well, they're going to pay him. I don't know how much they're going to pay him, but they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him above market value because quarterbacks always get more than they deserve typically. But I have an interesting stat. 
that if Dallas wants to stay competitive for Super Bowls, uh, they can't pay Dak. Um, because I, I have the statistics Who here. they have to pay? Well, they're going to have to pay Amari. They're going to have to pay that O-line. They're going to have to pay everybody their defense uh, because – if not, and he gets his $40 million a year, $35 million a year, they're going to lose a lot of that. And they're already losing with those pieces already in place. Uh, because, right. and, and here, the stat is, is I, I researched back to 2000. So it's all the way back before Brady's first Super Bowl, down even to, to the Tampa Bay Trent Dilfer Super Bowl. Right? Ooh. Yeah. You went deep. I went way deep, right? Because I want to make sure what I was saying <laughs> was correct. Deep. So since 2000, uh, no quarterback has made more than 13% of the salary cap. Really? And won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So Dilfer. I feel like that's that's about to change for a lot of quarterbacks. Well, I mean. For a lot of. As a salary, and you'll see when I talk about the, how much their base salary was as a, as you get later in the years, obviously the um, the money goes up. But sure. Dilfer made a million. In 01, Brady made yeah. nine hundred thousand. Brad Johnson. No kidding. Yeah, uh, Johnson. I think it's Brad Johnson in two thousand two made five point five. Brady in 03 made three million. Brady in 04 made. Wait five. a minute. Wait a minute. Brad Brad Johnson made what? Five point five. Somebody paid Brad Johnson five and a half million dollars. Yeah. Oh, they uh, got fired. Yeah. Well, that's the year they won the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it, but God, five and a half million dollars, Brad Johnson. Yeah. Brady made three million oh three five point five and oh four. Big Ben made nine point nine and oh five. That was actually the one that's closest to thirteen percent on this list. Uh, no kidding. Where the salary cap was, yeah, they renegotiated it in 06 because <laughs> right. Peyton made fourteen mil in 06, 07, Eli made five point five, Big Ben made fourteen point five in 08, Drew Brees thirteen million oh nine, Rogers six million twenty ten, twenty eleven eight point five, Manning, Flacco six point seven, Russell Wilson when his Super Bowl is five hundred thousand. <laughs> Talk about a steal. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. The next year, Brady made thirteen million. Peyton then made seventeen with the Broncos, and then Brady made fifteen. Foles made four as a backup, but won the Super Bowl as a backup. Yeah, and yeah. then Brady. But he got paid. He got paid when he left. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Brady made twenty three last year, which with the salary cap where it's at, that's still under thirteen percent. Um, Is it really? Yeah, because wow. this year. So, so here's the thing. So Garoppolo signed that big contract, right? Right. But his base salary is only 17 million this year. Cause he got a lot of that. No up front. Kidding. He got a lot of that up front in the bonus. And then he got a lot of it on the back end. So this year, well, he he is, I mean, admittedly the guy, the guy chucks the ball 10 times a game. Well, yeah. I well, mean, he did. if you break it down per throw, <clears throat> you know, at, at, uh, you know, over the course of 16 games, he's probably getting paid 500 grand to throw. Well, <laughs> I mean, everybody's judging him on that last playoff game, but everybody forgets the New Orleans game where he threw for like 350 and three TDs uh, against Drew. No, Drew, I'm not uh, saying he doesn't have the ability. I'm just saying, 
uh, as a quarterback, I think um, if I were a pro quarterback, I'd want to hand the ball off 45 times a game. Absolutely. If you can run the ball. I'm, I'm not getting hit yeah. when I'm handing the ball off. And not only that. I uh, mean, you know, I'm not throwing interceptions. I, I don't know. It just seems like a good deal to me if I'm on a Kyle Shanahan team that hands the ball off 9,000 times a year. Well, and on top of that, when you do do play action, you have separation with your wide receivers. It's almost a guarantee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely keeping keeping defenses on us when it comes to those plays where you do want to throw a ball. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. it's just crazy to me. So Jimmy's base salary is only 8% of the salary cap this year. And Patrick that Mahomes, was it, 8%. 8%. And Patrick Mahomes, now it's going to go up in the years, the following years is going to go up drastically. Uh, however, sure. uh, they backloaded his contract, which is very smart. Uh, Patrick Mahomes makes $4 million this year. That's 2%. 2.4% actually of the salary cap. That's crazy. So really, um, I was hoping, when I, when I did all this research, honestly, I was hoping I would find that one of them made more than 13% because it would make me pick in the Super Bowl winner a lot easier because uh, I would just go off my statistics. Uh, however, right. both of them are under. And if you look at um, the quarterbacks they beat and the contracts – in the championship games, uh-huh. Jimmy Garoppolo beat. Um, who did he beat? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, the AFC championship game. Yeah. Bay, Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of money, and you can tell because that defense right. is trash. Their O line's not very good, and they don't have yeah. good wide receivers. Huh. And then Patrick Mahomes beat. Um, they beat Baltimore, didn't they? No, no, no. They beat Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. yeah. Tennessee, garbage ass Tennessee. So, uh, um, you got Tannehill and you got Mariota. Yeah, which Mariota surprisingly is the highest paid. Mariota's making team. all the money, but he's riding pine now because not playing well. Yeah, so they're the Cinderella story. I you, think you knew that was coming out. You knew that was going to come to an end, but yeah, right. I mean, statistics. Well, it never, it never really got off to a great start. Mariota has all the promise of, of like a Deshaun Watson. It just never, never came to be. No. Yeah, but he never really, I mean, look at it though. I mean, his success in college doesn't even compare to a Deshaun Watson's. No, no, it doesn't. <clears throat> but I'm saying, uh, you know, he was also at Oregon, yep. which Pac-12 is always kind of weak. And they had the, um, the spread offense. It was the height of the spread plus offense. Plus they don't get, well, but they don't, they also don't get the, the, the national attention that East Coast quarterbacks get or, no. Uh, even central time zone quarterbacks because we don't see, you know, their game start at 10, 10 30 on Saturday night. We've been drinking all day, watching football all day. Any, everybody on the East coast is nobody's catching that Oregon game. No, not at all. The Stanford game, the UCLA game, the, the Cal game, the Arizona, Arizona state games. No, not unless they're there's ranked. some really good. What's that? Not unless they're ranked and playing like Notre Dame or something. You're right. Yeah. But even then, I mean, even those are rare. You know, those Stanford-Notre Dame games a few years ago uh, when both teams were prominent, I think when Harbaugh was still at Stanford and then maybe the first couple of years that David Shaw took over. Um, <clears throat> you know, he had some really good uh, Notre Dame-Stanford games, but even those, those are rare. Yeah. There's not really a lot of marquee games that happen between Pac-12 teams and the SEC, the Big Ten, um, ACC certainly. You just don't see that. So, you know, Mariota was probably just as good a quarterback as Deshaun Watson at Clemson, except he was playing in the Pac-12. He didn't have a team like Clemson had. 
no, yeah. uh, with Deshaun Watson. And, and yeah, a, a national championship never hurts. But, um, I mean, Mariota was a Heisman winner. Uh, he's, a, he's a great quarterback. But, and again, I think he has all the same tools that a Deshaun Watson has uh, or a Lamar Jackson, but he just never – he, he kind of seemed to plateau in college and then he came in the NFL and he plays a game and he's probably a, a good serviceable quarterback, yeah. but he's not the type of quarterback that's going to get you to championships. No, I, I, I agree. And that's why he's, that's why he's ride pine right now. He just couldn't get over the hump. Um, right. But right. And Jimmy Agreed. G, yeah. So, I mean, it's, but it's just crazy, you know, to think that nobody, no high paid quarterback Wins the Super Bowl. So if they so essentially what the stats say is if they pay Dak, their Super Bowl hopes are gone. Because they're going right. to have to let somebody else go. They're not gonna be able to pay him Marty. He's gonna he's gonna want top dollar. Even on a down year last year, he's gonna want top dollar. Those O linemen, right. they can get top dollar somewhere else. Sure. And they're going to because well, there's a lot of teams that'll pay those guys. Oh yeah, because there's not a good O line in the NFL. It may not. It may not get you closer to a championship personally, depending on what team. No. But those teams, there's there's a lot of teams they'll pay. Absolutely. I, I mean, I would pay. I would pay for an O line, especially if you're uh, a New Orleans or uh, even like a San Diego who has an aging quarterback. Which we don't know if uh, Philip Rivers is going to come back. But if you have like a Drew Brees and you, you have yeah, an sounds like he's not. Sounds like he's done. Yeah, he moved to San Florida. Diego. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he moved to Florida, but I, I saw a report, um, I think it was on Fox Sports today or yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, that said his his days in San Diego are done. That there's, there I guess, are. maybe some kind of rift there uh, between Philip Rivers and the management, his age and his contract, and so on and so forth, that they're going to just uh, let him out of his contract. Or at least that's what I thought I read. Oh, wow. uh, I don't think his contract is, has ended yet. Yeah. Well, I thought he was a free agent, but either way, and maybe I'm wrong. He could be. He's made it very clear he's not moving to L.A. Right. So he's been living in. So even in this season, he lived in San Diego with his like nine kids or something like that, and and commuted. Yeah, I think it's seven. But either way, he doesn't want to raise his kids in L.A. He said that repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. He's 100% going to L.A. And I, I, I thought I read that he his family has permanently moved to Florida. Yeah, that's what I read also. And being the family man that he is, that means one of two things. Either A, he's going to go play for Miami, or B, he's going to hang it up. So, Well, I mean, if he doesn't play for Miami, I mean, I don't see him playing for Jacksonville. No, um, I don't see him. I, I don't see him playing for Tampa. You got Winston there. They're not going to supplant Winston, Winston for – uh, a thirty, what six or seven year old Philip Rivers? Yeah, he's he's freaking our age. Because he and Breeze were drafted the same year, is that correct? Uh, no, 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 no. Breeze was uh the reason they drafted Philip is because Breeze was had that shoulder. Oh, he, yeah, that's right. He got traded out of yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. traded him. So, but they're only a couple of years apart. So yeah. he's at 35, 36 probably. Yeah, yeah. I think Breeze is thirty eight, right? Yeah, he's mid thirties. I think he's yeah, I think he's thirty six. Our age, our age, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking old guys. That's, yeah, yeah, he's an old guy now. <laughs> well, then I found it's so freaking ancient. So <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's dinosaur years in the NFL. I get that. So, but, but I mean, 
he's our age. Yeah. It's just scary to me to say that. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I would have done something productive with my life, like been the quarterback of the Saints. Yeah, right. And made hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> right. Well, at least uh, tens of millions would have been fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I would complain. <laughs> It'd be hard to complain. For oh yeah. Money. Right. Right. Either way. Either way. I right. agree. So we're going to move on from this subject. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of subject to unpack right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the main point I wanted to get to was, you know, this is really Kansas City's because Pat, Patrick Mahomes is getting paid next year. He's, right. He's getting the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is getting paid the big money next year. So and he should. He should, but this is their shot essentially because once they pay him, Tariq Hill's coming up on contract. Sammy Watson's coming up on contract. They still don't have a running game. They're um, their defense sucks. So he's, although he's essentially carrying them now, you pay him a lot of money. You lose some of those weapons that Travis Kelsey's going to get top dollar. Tree Hill's going to get top dollar. You're not going to be able to pay all those folks. And so that offense is going to go down. This is their shot. If they don't win it this year, I don't foresee him being back in the Super Bowl for a couple of years. Agreed. Same with Jimmy G. Because of the way his contract's structured, the back end of his uh, contract is so heavy that uh, unless the salary cap, they renegotiate that salary cap and it goes up tremendously, they're not going to be able to afford a whole bunch of pieces either. Richard Sherman's and all those those right. uh, those defense of players. He's going to end up back in New England with Belichick after Brady retires. <laughs> yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, hey, Belichick. Belichick loved Jimmy. And uh, I think he was pretty pissed. I know. Well, he's kind of a Brady style quarterback, so he is. That he makes is. sense. He he fits that Belichick style. Yep. He's a little bit more athletic, but not much. Not a whole lot. No, like I say, they're pretty similar. I mean, he probably uh, he could probably close the forty faster than Brady did, which <laughs> I, I think you probably could too. So. I, say, I think I, I think I can run the forty faster than Brady did, or can now. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty embarrassing. I remember that. And being Michigan fans, we, uh, we, I, I know mm-hmm, I remember that, mm-hmm. that combine quite well, but all right, yep. let me, uh, so you stick around. We're going to talk about the, um, we're talking about $15 minimum wage argument next. Stick around for that. Let's get it. All right. Hold on a second. Yep. Uh, is really the, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to end the show because the debate on the $15 minimum wage, I think, misses a lot of people. I think when people talk about, uh, what do you mean? Yes, of course I want $15 an hour. I think businesses should pay $15 an hour. And the average consumer looks at it like this, like I work 40 hours a week, I make, I make X amount, the government takes their piece, I get X amount uh, at the end of the week. You raise it to $15, Essentially, I get more at the end of the week. So absolutely, I want $15 an hour. Which, I mean, if you if you look at, a, at, a, at that at such a minor scale, it absolutely makes sense, right? But the reason, oh, yeah, I, I don't the reason I wanted to bring you on is because being, you know, running small businesses and, and being in small business your entire life, I wanted to talk about how that would affect small businesses in a way. So, so the average consumer can look at it and make maybe a more um, 
educated decision on whether minimum wage going to $15 an hour is a good thing or not. Well, the whole minimum wage discussion is, is a, it's a very difficult, very multifaceted discussion uh, because what constitutes a job that requires $15 an hour versus what job constitutes a minimum wage. Yeah. And minimum wage jobs, at least in, in my opinion, my experience, have always been kind of not reserved for, but have always attracted more of the, uh, the, the kids, the, the high school kids, the college kids, the part-time jobs, the, uh, you know, uh, fixed income retiree who just wants to be out there, be active, make a few bucks. Um, that's what those minimum wage jobs have always been. Yeah. I think- minimum wage jobs have never been intended to be a career necessarily. Yeah. It's either an after career or an early experience in the job market that uh, teaches you accountability and reliability and responsibility. Um, and, and that's where the rub comes in for me between what's, what should minimum wage be? What will the market support? And then, um, <clears throat> you know, what, what kind of job constitutes uh, you need to get to this level to, to support your family? Absolutely. And that's what I mean. And that's, that's why, you know, I brought you on because you're absolutely right. I, the way I feel as well is the minimum wage jobs aren't meant to be a career. Just like you said, it's meant to supplement some income. It's meant to be a starter job. So this idea or what uh, AOC and Bernie Sanders and all these people get on the, the damn TV and talk about is, Oh, you can't support a, a, a uh, a family of four on a minimum wage job. Well, hell, you're not supposed to be able to. It's not. That's what it's not yeah. meant for. Yeah, that's, that was never the intention. <laughs> like the intention is entry level positions or positions like you said, people on fixed income, just to pad, just get out of the house. Really, you know, a lot of older uh, people that work at some fast food restaurants, the hell, they just want to get out of the house. They don't care what they make. They just want to get out of the house, pad their pockets a little bit, live a little more comfortably, but they can get out and they can talk to people and just be around people. Um, and then- yeah, well, I think also there's a component to it where they just want to be active. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there's a social aspect to it where they, they want to be out, be around people, be part of a part of an organization, part of a team, um, that kind of thing. But also, like I say, there's a social aspect just to be out, just to, to, to be in contact with people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's multiple components to that, but either way, those folks more than likely have had some kind of a career or have reached social security age. They have mm-hmm. that income. Yep. Um, and, and it's just, it's supplemental income for them. It's an opportunity for them to, to spend a few um, meaningful hours a week doing something productive. Um, not saying their other time isn't productive, but you know, productive from a financial sense. Absolutely. Or a social sense. And the the other side of that too is, and I don't want to discourage somebody, if you're working at McDonald's or you're working at a fast food restaurant and you have aspirations of being a manager or a general manager and you want to climb the corporate ladder within that organization, that is absolutely a path you can take because those managers and regional managers actually make uh, $60,000, $70,000 a year, I believe. Even the regional managers up to a hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you're climbing the corporate ladder. I built houses for, for guys that were regional managers for, um, large fast food chains that made lots of money and were very happy with what they did and, and their line of work uh, because they, they'd kind of taken a step beyond that entry level. Um, yes. Obviously they weren't 
high school kids. It wasn't a minimum wage position, but they they might have started there. Yeah, and I, then they became an assistant manager, a, a, a shift supervisor, then eventually a general manager, and upward, and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. And it, those companies do a lot of them, even though they start at minimum wage. A lot of those companies are more than willing to help with college tuition reimbursement, um, educational opportunities from the standpoint of um, <clears throat> uh, scholarships. Um, their own internal corporate leadership schools and things like that do a lot of good stuff. And a lot of those people go on to have really healthy careers with those businesses, but it was never meant for people to step in and just live at minimum wage. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. And that's what I want to get at. Like if somebody's climbing the corporate ladder, keep climbing that ladder. If that's your goal, uh, don't, don't get discouraged uh, with that. And, and right. You know, I think there's a big, a big misconception too that you know people. The argument, like like I said, AOC. It's crazy to me. She has an economics degree and doesn't understand a damn thing about money, or economics for that matter. But, <laughs> but, but um, you know, she seems to think that, or her argument it always is, well, businesses just need to take less money, less profit. And, and I really wanted you to explain. Uh, the business side of if you run, how, how big is the company you run right now? Um, we're about a $8 million a year business. Okay. How many personnel you got? Actually, we only have, um, 12, 12 so paid tw- employees. So 12 paid employees. Let's say that boom, $15 an hour happened. How does that affect your company on a small business standpoint? Well, I, I don't, it doesn't really affect our business that way. Um, only because we're, we're in a little bit more of a specialized business that generally pays more than that scale. Okay. Um, I guess what I would probably point out in our business is that with 12 paid employees, uh, we're doing $8 million a year and you break that down into per employee revenue. Um, we do a tremendous amount of work with very few yeah. employees. Yeah, I, didn't, um, I didn't realize that we we're in a construction business. So we also have subcontractors. We have vendors that we deal with on a day in day out basis. Yeah. And really when you take, when you, when you break a, a business like ours down, the minimum wage may not directly affect the 12 paid employees we have. But when you when you step down to the plumbers, the electricians, the lumber and building material supply companies, um, the power washers, the landscapers, that's where the minimum wage really comes uh, home for me. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of those guys, they're not necessarily minimum wage, but let's say they're making twelve bucks an hour, and you want to raise minimum wage to fifteen. Now you're moving all of those guys who right now are making $12, $14 an hour people. Um, you're going to move them up into $15 minimum wage positions yep. uh, where right now they're above minimum wage, but they're not making $15. Yeah. So it, it, what is it? The what's the minimum wage there? What time, sorry? The minimum wage where you're at, what, what is that? Uh, what's that right now? Minimum wage in the state of Michigan right now is nine forty-five an hour. So nine forty-five. So if you have somebody who makes say twelve forty-five, right, three dollars over minimum Correct. wage an hour, you bump them Correct. another two dollars to fifteen dollars mm-hmm. an hour minimum wage. That now that that specialized employee that you pay fifteen dollars an hour 
Now you have to pay him seventeen. Right. At well, least. yeah, you have to because you can't you can't just bring all of the guys that are at ten, twelve bucks an hour up to fifteen and not take the guy that's at fifteen to seventeen, eighteen, or twenty. Yeah. I mean that's that's because they're still in charge more than likely to say they're the supervisor of a given group of people. Yeah. Um, obviously they've already been rewarded for their hard work by being paid more than the other people. Yeah. Uh, but now you can't bring them all up to their level without taking them up also. Yeah. So, so operating costs go up as far as oh, payroll. Yeah. And then, so on the, uh, on the, on the business side of it. So the average employee just sees, I work X amount of hours. The government takes this amount of taxes. I get this at the end on the, business side of paying employees where does the money go and that's it's not that simple on your side correct right no it, it well and it's the same for all businesses but our business particularly is hit very hard by things like workman's compensation taxes so you've got workman's comp so if you get hurt on the job uh you pay in as an employee, you pay into workman's comp, and as an employer, we pay workman's comp insurance on you so that if anything happens to you during work, you're going to get compensated for your time off. So in the construction industry, those rates are particularly high because of the high-risk nature of what we do. So let's take a, uh, a roofer, for example. A guy out banging on shingles, keeping your house nice and dry, uh, doing a good professional job, he might make uh, $20 an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> so in 40 hours, you're going to pay him $800. Mm-hmm. And then workman's comp insurance for an employee that participates in the roofing industry and in, in roofing practice, yeah. um, you're going to be somewhere between 20 and 25% um, of that $800 in workman's comp. Now it's not paid directly by the employee. It's paid by the employer. So again, if you got a guy making $20 an hour, um, you're going to pay him 800 bucks a week, but say you have a laborer that in the past you paid $10 an hour. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to pay him 15. Yep. So your workman's comp on that employee and all general laborers at $10 an hour that are now going to be at $15 an hour, your workman's comp has gone up. Uh, 33%, which means also your, um, payroll taxes are going to go up by that same percentage. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, along with a lot of other pieces and parts, uh, are going to go up. Um, so it's not just that you're paying five more dollars an hour, three more dollars an hour to an employee you're paying 33% more or 25% more, 30% more in payroll taxes and in, in workman's comp insurance. That's crazy. So there's a lot of things that go on there that are, um, I guess, not things that people consider. It's nice for AOC to sit back and go, I was a bartender once and I barely made minimum wage. Um, her employer still had to pay all those taxes and fees and things, and that doesn't come out of her paycheck. No, absolutely. Um, but it is a direct cost to having her as an employee. And I think a lot of people that are employees don't necessarily realize the the burden that is put on employers when they take on employees. Yeah. Well, because, and that comes back to the, it benefits me. 
But what people fail to right. fail to understand is uh, we've had this conversation before. What's McDonald's doing? Okay, you want to raise ta- you want to raise minimum wage? You want to make it uh, cost us more money? Well, businesses are in the business to produce a product for profit. So to think that a company is just going to well, I'll just cut this off my profit is crazy. If you were a business owner, you wouldn't do that, right? You want to keep all your profit. So what? Well, I mean, that's that's when you start a conversation about gross profit versus net profit. Yeah. Because all of those things do come out of your profit. They come out of your gross profit. And then at the end of the year, whatever you have left is your net profit. And net profit is what pays bonuses and what puts a little extra money in the business owner's pocket, uh, but also puts extra money into the business to expand, to grow, um, you know, to, to pay bonuses to those employees. And everybody, uh, I, I think there's a lot of misconception out there that um, business owners, period, want to abuse their employees, and I, that's not the case at all. Um, none of us could do anything that we do without a team, yeah. whether it's a team of employees or a team of subcontractors and vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have people. And all of these businesses, whether it's direct, indirect, um, they have to have people and they want to take care of those people as well as they can. And the market only bears so much. And that's where you can't just arbitrarily say, Hey, we're going to pay everybody $15 an hour or seventeen fifty an hour, $20 an hour. Um, the market will only bear what it can bear without raising prices to consumers, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, when that starts and the market can no longer hold the price along with the cost, uh, the prices have to go up. Yeah. And the basic, it's the whole other conversation you're talking about is simple as if I have to pay my employees more, my product has to cost more to cover that. Mm-hmm. So essentially Correct. by raising to $15 an hour for minimum wage, the product price is going to go up, which means that you didn't, you're making more money in your paycheck, but you're spending more money at the gas station. You're spending more money at the grocery store. You're spending more money when you want to buy a phone case or a phone. All those things have to go up as well to compensate for that minimum wage going up. I mean, it's, absolutely. I think people forget about that. They just look at their pockets and go, Hey, if I, if I make more money, if I make more money, um, you know, I'm going to live better, but uh, in my business, Throughout the years, uh, I was a recruiter and I would tell people when I taught in the recruiting school, I would teach all my recruiters, not all money is the same. And what I mean by that is if you live in L.A. and you make $100,000 a year, you're poor. Right. However, if you live in, say, Oklahoma, Alabama, certain parts, obviously in in rural, more rural areas, you make a hundred thousand dollars, you might be freaking rich. Right. So, and that's kind of how, how it goes. And that's what I mean by. Yeah. Everything's relative. Yeah, it it is. Money is relative. And, and, but if you make, if you raise minimum wage, everything is going to go up because this, this thought that, Oh, companies will just take less net profit. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's still operating costs don't change. You raise minimum wage. What you just talked about is actually operating costs go up with that minimum way wage. Up. Sure. So, so on top of your $5 an hour that, you know, you may pay, you're talking about another 33% of that $5 an hour or $15 an hour goes up with it. 
Absolutely. So if you're a, a lot of those are direct cost to they're not cost to the employee, they're direct cost to the employer. Yeah, that's coming out of your employer who you want to continue to pay you, but the reality is is if I will just fire or I will just lay off people and I'll use less people to do the same job and pay them the more. Or you start investing in tools and equipment and automation yeah. that will allow you to do less with more people or less people. Yeah. And, and that's where you're seeing a lot of that in the automotive industry, all manufacturing businesses, whether it's hydraulics, pneumatics, CNC, 3d printing, um, you know, 3d, there's never in the history of 3d printers been a 3d printer that called in sick to work. Never. Uh, that doesn't happen. No, it so those people are going to make those investments when they have the capital, they're going to dump their money into automation because automation doesn't have a comp claim. Automation doesn't have uh, a sick day or a vacation day. Their wife never gets pregnant, has a baby, requires family medical leave act. And I'm not saying that employees aren't do those things. I think they certainly are. But at the same time, um, there's ways that companies will, will innovate around um, keeping essential employees, mm -hmm. but eliminating non-essential employees. Anybody that can be replaced by a machine will be. Absolutely. We're seeing that in McDonald's. Every time I walk into a McDonald's now, I see that where I can just go to the kiosk. I can order my food uh, by pushing a couple touch screens, and then I just pick it up at the window. Done. Absolutely. What cracks me up is every there's a, a local McDonald's here that you can walk into, and they actually have a person there to greet you and direct you to, to an automated machine. Well, you know, what's the point of having <laughs> They're actually paying somebody now to show you how to use the machine. Well, yeah, like here, uh, they're paying me to show you how to take my job here. Please just, just touch here to start. Well, okay. you know, it's always, you know, the joke right now is, Hey, when is Walmart going to give me my W2 for uh self checkout for, for self checkout? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think yeah. about that. Walmart never has any freaking cashiers when you need them, but you know what? Self-checkout's backed up because they make you do it now because they have to pay less employees. Right. Well, why wouldn't they? Exactly. When the employees start demanding, um, and, and I hate to say demanding, but they are, they're demanding it in certain parts of the country and it doesn't really happen around here. Yeah. Um, but they're demanding <laughs> these outrageous minimum wages and outrageous benefits and things like that. The, uh, you know, I say outrageous, it's not outrageous, but uh, things that are generally reserved for salaried employees, things that um, are, are perks to employment. But again, being that minimum wage jobs were never intended to be career jobs, um, they're perks that, that aren't part of the minimum wage job structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when they start demanding those things, yeah, they're going to they're going to push more and more towards automation to replace those people because there's no union with those people with those machines rather. Yeah. Uh, there's no, again, there's no, there's no overhead cost. Yes. You're going to have maintenance and yes, you're going to have programming, but there's some kids sitting in an office somewhere that's programming new uh, SKUs for produce in every day. Yep. They, you know, they're going to pay him no matter what he yep. had to do it, whether, some guy was scanning your groceries or you're doing it yourself. And if you're stupid enough to do it yourself, why wouldn't they let you? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I do it myself because I think it's faster. Oh, I hate that. 
I absolutely hate it. I don't care if I have three things. I'm, I'm waiting in line for somebody to scan my shit for me because I know part of the cost of doing business is having someone scan my groceries and bag them for me. Yeah. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to walk through a checkout or a self checkout line unless I have to. <laughs> I am absolutely guilty of that. I, I go to self checkout almost every time because I can do it faster. I'm in you, and out. You should be ashamed of yourself, I Daniel. Know, I should. I should, right? <laughs> you know what just for you next time i go back i'm gonna go through a uh a checkout i'm gonna go have somebody bag my groceries for me how about that you should you should you're you're depriving some poor high school kid of a job <laughs> by not having anybody bag your groceries for you right? i uh i i just can't i i just know okay listen if if there was a sign by the self-checkout that said we'll give you 10 percent off your groceries if you check your own shit out I would do it in a minute. I would do it every time I went to save ten percent. Right. But the fact of the matter is, pay the same. I'm not getting paid to do it, but I'm paying the same amount. Yeah. I don't care if it was two percent. I'd probably do it. But I just can't get behind the idea of, hey, sit here and then like word search all your vegetables so we can get the correct price per pound, um, so we can charge you the appropriate amount. I, uh, I I just can't I can't abide by that. Hey, that's I awesome. can't. Uh, you know what? I'm I, you've you've changed my mind. I'm going to start going through a uh, regular checkout from now on. Well, I'm just saying, it, you know, if it were in, in our business, yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, a business. My parents owned a material supply company. Okay, if you went out and um, we we handed you a tablet and said, "Hey, search all your products out, fill out all the quantities, scan each item." So that we know you're not stealing from us. Um, load it up in your truck by yourself, and uh, just bring the tablet back when you're done, so we can invoice you. We'd really appreciate that, Damn. and not offer some kind of discount. People would have laughed at us. No, yeah, people yeah. would have said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, no right. problem." Hey, what is this Lowe's? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> that's I, what I, we would have gotten. I come to you because you're. But not we go to these major retailers, whether it's it's Meyer or Harris Teeter or or Walmart. Um, you know, Piggly Wiggly, Food Lion, it doesn't matter. We go to those places and we, we agree to that. That's like, they're saying, well, hey, look, you can you can get out of here a lot quicker if you just scan your own stuff. Yeah. And, you know, hey, we're here to serve you. So we're going to have one person so you can stand here only for four or five minutes if yeah. you try to buy a beer in this line. So we can have some, some you know, kid come over and check your ID. That's true. Um, but... I know, but it's it's stupid. Well, it's like this social contract that the major grocers have started. Uh, you know that uh, you can just breathe through, it, and it's fine. I would do it in a minute if they would just give me ten percent off my groceries. Hey, I, you know what? That's like that sounds like a good deal. Actually, ten percent. I'd, I'd do it every time. Yeah, I'd yeah. Do it every time I, now, I would take ten percent off my grocery bill every month if I worked for Kroger. Yeah. Well, the thing, if you think about it too, is they almost absolutely they. They play against your. They play against you. They play against your nature when they do that because they only have. They'll have one other checkout open, but they'll have four self self checkouts open with one person. So you either stand in. Yeah, line. you know, actually, I never, I never considered the sociology of that. I suppose that that they do. We're also demanding, and we're also in a hurry now. Yeah. Um. That yeah, they probably do. It, there probably is some social engineering going on there that they know everybody's in a hurry, so. It, you know, however fast you can 
scan your own groceries, you can get out of here. So, well, I mean, you don't have to wait in line behind somebody else. Next time you're in a grocery store, look at who's getting checked out. Typically, the people that are using checkout have a full cart. And then the people that are using the self-checkout either have an armful or a cart that has only a few items in it. That's true. That's true. And that's why and it is absolutely. And admittedly, when I have used self-checkout, it's because I went in and got two things. Yeah, it's absolutely the sociology part of it. It's it's playing off of. I our, still want ten percent off my shit though. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I, I would take it. I would. I wouldn't <laughs> complain. But you know what? The problem is, it's working, and Walmart might just charge you ten percent more because of it. Well, again, I guess I guess I know just from from being in business, uh, you know, for for a good bit of my life, um, you know, uh, I just. If there was a percentage in it for me, um, relative to the percentage that the company is saving by me doing this for myself, and they pass part of that savings on, it doesn't have to be a whole thing, but if they pass part of that savings on, I'd be all about it. I mean, look at all the gas stations. When you and I were kids, there were like two gas stations left here in town yeah. that you could that were still full service. You could pull in, they'd come out, they'd pump your gas, they'd check your oil. Yep. It might have been worth a buck or two more. It would be worth a buck or two more now, but we've all accepted the fact that we have to pump our own gas. You're right. You're right. I mean, right. I, so we don't even think about it. I don't ever say, yep. well, I'm only going to the place that pumps my gas for me. Well, and think about why. The, the there's none of those places left. And think about the marketing tool, uh, the benefit for those that aren't in a hurry that would do that or are in a hurry for that matter. They don't have to get out of their car. They don't have to get out in the cold. They can just. Well, and, and that's been the, that's the transition in business right now. Right. <clears throat> so like you have Kroger click list, you, you know, target now has a, you can order through their app or online yep. and you can pull up and text them that you're there and they'll bring your stuff to you. Yep. They're still, the, they're still catering to those same things, yep. but they can charge a little bit more for the service. My wife does it through Sam's. I mean, you got to pay for the membership. But that's and grocery stores have never been able to charge for a service, really, up until now. No, you're right. Uh, they always made their money on what they sold, and you went and picked your own stuff out, and then you brought it to their checkout line, and you checked it out. Now you go, and you take a grocery cart, and you get those things you want, and then you self-check yourself out. Yep. Uh, so they're not paying anybody to do that. And then you, you go load your stuff up in your car on your own. And then they say, well, you know you can order this through our app and for 2% more, yep. we'll have somebody come pick it for you uh, and bring it to you. Yep. Or for 1% more, we'll go pick it all for you, uh, scan it. We'll run your card and we'll bring it. When you get here in the parking lot, you text us, we'll bring you your stuff. Sam's does it part of the so membership now. It is exactly. But I mean, when we were kids, Kroger didn't have a membership. No, they did not. Target didn't have a membership. It was just, you just went to Kroger or you went to Target or you went to Meyer or you went to Harris Teeter or you went to Lion, or Food Lion or you went to Piggly Wiggly, wherever you went, whatever part of the country you lived in, you just, that was where you went and got your groceries. But now you have multiple different options yeah. for groceries. You can have groceries delivered. You can have groceries pulled for you and just picked up. You can go in and get your things and self-check out, or you can stand in line and wait and, and get checked out and get your groceries back. It just depends. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot more options now. And I think that's part of the Amazon culture, the, oh, yeah. the, the online culture. You know, now we have Cyber Monday. It always used to be about Black Friday, and now it's Cyber Monday. 
Um, I think within, I think they, I heard this year that within two years, Cyber Monday will be bigger than Black Friday financially for retailers. Absolutely. It's a very telling thing. Yay!